I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Post Game Live. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of funny. I guess it's not. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live Post Game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of funny games for the evening. Nailed it. Only took two tries. Uh, hey, and it's, it's afternoon, but I say evening no matter what. So, I mean, it's 3.45. That's evening especially this time of year. Uh, let's get it going. Hey man, Ford nothing win again. Yes, I know what the Black Hawk, I know what the Blackhawks are. Uh, they have some talent, be it aging, uh, but they just it's just really not their year. Um, but I gotta say, hey man, good stuff. real good stuff. A uh, little bit of a slow start to the first period, but I wouldn't say that the Blackhawks were really buzzing at any point. They just kind of had the puck. Uh, but that's not to take anything away from Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott with the shutout uh, today, and that is absolutely huge when this team gets good goaltending. I always say when you get good Brian Elliott, you need to capitalize. And uh, this was, I mean, one would have been enough. You got more than good Brian Elliott today. You got very good Brian Elliott. I do believe uh, he made some key saves, don't get me wrong. Although I do think um, – I do think overall the defensive effort was very good. Um, I think they, they kept the puck out of the middle of their own zone a lot. So, uh, and, and that's what you ha- like, that's what you're supposed to do. It's like, you don't need your goalie stopping one timers from the slot six times a game, you know, like he, he's not supposed to. Uh, so uh, a game like this, you see a good defensive effort and go, Oh yeah, defense played great. This is how defense is supposed to play. And uh, I was, I was happy with, with what I saw overall, it looks like Sean Couturier is really getting going. Uh, Claude Giroux just continues to put up the points uh, and just just be the guy that that we all we all know and love. Number twenty eight. I was talking to someone today about those those years where uh, I mean it, it really was three straight years of his numbers in decline and he, some injuries started to pile up and I really really was concerned that oof. This might not hold up, but uh, hey, man, he looks as good as ever. Wins faceoffs, racks up points, scores more goals than he ever did, uh, and and that's huge. You know, he's he's great. We didn't get that fight at the end. Wayne Simmons trying to give the fans everything they want. You know, we get the we get a home win. It's a shutout. Uh, if we could just get that first fighting major and get it in front of the Wells Fargo Center crowd, I think people would have uh, people would have just gone absolutely freaking nuts. But I guess we'll have to save it for another day. What else, what else, what else? So let's just take a look at the box score, see if anything really jumps out. Um, 60-40, Flyers lost the faceoffs. There is a weird trend of, um, and again, like when you look at the numbers, like 60-40, you know, it's it's not nearly as pronounced as, uh, oh, my God, they lost 60% of the faceoffs. And you look, it's like, okay, the Blackhawks won three more than the Flyers did something. Like I, I do believe faceoffs are an underrated or an overrated stat. Um, however, it is weird that the Flyers seem to be winning more now that they're winning fewer faceoffs. I don't know. Just, uh, just something weird. The power play, until the last one, I thought the power play was generating chances and looked to finally be clicking. I think a big part of that is um, Travis Konechny. Uh, a couple of times today, he, he finally made some simple plays, some outlet plays where he just uh, just found the open guy or just made sure that the Flyers maintained possession rather than force something. And, hey, when he's on power play too, do whatever the hell you want out there, kid, because you're probably the best player on the ice. Um, but on power play one with the structured unit the way it is, uh, I think he's finally starting to realize, uh, you know, I'm not the best player out here. And – there's just better – I don't need to force anything. If I just find one of my teammates, if I just buy an extra second and figure out how to wheel it around all the way to Giroux or get it down low or just start over, get it up up top to uh, to Ghost and, you know, let Ghost create some room, whether he wants to shoot or play catch or whatever. Uh, and I think that's starting to come along. The last one was brutal, the last uh, power play. 
uh, wasn't very good. And of course, you know, they, uh, Nolan Patrick takes the penalty to negate it. What, like less than a minute in, it's like, there was like a minute seven left on the power play when he took that penalty. But I think overall that unit's starting to come around. Uh, hey, nine straight, the Flyers had allowed a power play goal against Chicago. 0 for 4 on the power play today. I think that's huge. And Chicago, I believe they have the 30th ranked power play. So now, uh, and that's insane to me to have the 30th ranked power play when you have Patrick Kane. I don't, I don't know how that's possible. Like I, you know, I, whatever. Uh, I'll take it. But now it's the only teams that the Flyers have shut out on the power play are um, Vegas twice, Columbus, and and uh, and Chicago, all of whom at the time had bottom four power plays. I don't know what Columbus's and Vegas's are now, but at the time, um, bottom four. Uh, so hey, you got to start somewhere. Sure, it's against the thirtieth ranked power play, but. Maybe they'll go a couple of games in a row. Maybe they can go two games in a row without without allowing a power play goal. That would be that would really be something. All right, guys. Uh, I don't have I don't really have a ton today, so let's just turn it over to you. Let's see what you guys have to say. Let's lead it off with Brian Knight. Happy Jimmy Jimmy Butler Day, y'all. That's an interesting trade, and I know no one's here to talk Sixers, so I won't. This one hair is loose and it's driving me nuts. I think I got it. I won't sit here and talk about it, but it's it's fun. Good day. Uh, but not allowing a power play goal. That's bigger than the Jimmy Butler trade. Uh, yep, can hear you. Roman Reigns. Yeah, I'm, I got my I got my Roman man bun going. Uh, Brandon Manning tried to score for the Flyers. Yeah, man, how good was that? I was convinced because you know how it goes. You get the Justin Williams, Patrick Sharp goals. You're like, oh, Brandon Manning, former Flyer, absolutely going to score. Well, he gets an own goal, so I think that's a that's a great tribute to his time in Philadelphia. Really, I think he gave the fans what they came to see today, and he he replicated those those great Philadelphia performances by scoring an own goal today. Hey, Bill, lots to like. Best overall game this year. Um, hmm. Best overall game this year. I thought that I've taken. More, yeah, Thursday's game, there was just that first half of the second period that really bothered me. Uh, I didn't think they were good to start today. Like, I think Chicago kind of controlled the play. But, again, I don't think they were, like, buzzing or really, really threatening outside of one or two, uh, you know, scoring chances. Um, I think it was just more they had possession of the puck. And then Flyers turned the tides late in the first period and then get the goal um, and then really took over from from the G goal on. Um, Best overall game. Just I I know I really what uh, they all start to run together like former games I just I forget all about past games like as soon as I hit end on the live video here but what was the uh, I'm not checking my messages I'm literally just looking at the schedule um yeah I really liked the the win against the Coyotes on Monday too but this was a good effort tonight uh, you know you're um you're back home you're doing what you got to do at home you get the first goal. You kill a bunch of penalties. Your goalie plays well. Your defense plays well. So yes, let's call it the best. Let's call it the uh, let's call it the uh, their best game of the year. Uh, David Manning, hi, a Bill, eleven points in the last twelve games. Eh, yeah. That's true. That's true. They're playing some good hockey right now. They played a full game, professional play from start to finish. And Elliot, yeah, man, how about that? How about that? Yeah, that's that's what I'll say is uh, while. Chicago maybe controlled play for the first six, seven, eight, nine minutes. Um, I, I wouldn't say like the Flyers were were flat or lacked effort or anything. I just think Chicago was was you know they had the puck and they were making a few plays and the Flyers did well to you know keep them to the outside and Elliott made the stops he had to make. So uh, yeah, yeah, very very professional play from start to finish. I like that, Max. Great win. Hello from Canada. Hello, Jerry in Canada. Heather, still no fights for the Flyers. Simmons tried to give it to you. Simmons was – he wanted to go. He knows. You think Simmons doesn't know this team doesn't have a fight yet? He wanted to give the fans a fight at the end. And, um, you know, most people with a functioning brain aren't fighting Wayne Simmons. Like, yeah, if I'm a fighter, I'm going to take a shot. Or if I'm a younger guy, like, yeah, if I'm Max Domi, my last name is Domi. I'm going to try to go out there, Wayne Simmons. Like, pff, you're the baddest dude in the league? I was raised by the baddest dude in the league. Uh, so, but other than that, I, you know, I <laughs> Wayne Simmons, there's a lot of guys who have a lot to say to Wayne Simmons, but for some reason don't say it until there's a linesman, uh, you know, 
in the vicinity. That's what I'll say about that. Uh, hello from Alberta. Uh, is it just me or is phone looking pretty solid in a bottom pair role? Absolutely. Listen, um, he's better than Andrew McDonald. I, that's all there is to it. He's actually he's a good stay-at-home third-pair defender. I have no problem. Listen, do I think Christian Folan is, you know, factors into the long-term plans or he's going to have a career resurrection here? Or anything? No. I'm just saying of the seven defensemen on the roster, he's one of the best six. Uh, and he continues to play very solidly. I have very little problem with uh, with Christian Folan. Um, brings a physical edge, doesn't doesn't make a ton of dumb plays, and really doesn't take a lot of penalties considering, you know, he hands out some hits. Let's uh, take a look there. Uh, yeah, no penalties today. One thing I'll tell you about Christian Folan is, uh, yeah, 12 penalty minutes. That's not awful. I think he had two in one game. Um, one thing I'll tell you about Christian Folan is that one of my all-time favorite phantoms who I thought was just going to be a dude for the Flyers and never really panned out was Colin Forbes. And when I just see C. Folan, like, my mind reads Colin Forbes and I have to stop myself all the time. But, yeah, no one cares about my 1990s phantoms. Nonsense. Uh, Elliot was solid. Elliot was definitely solid. Again, Elliot's not. Uh, Elliot's not one of the best goalies in the league by um, by any stretch of the imagination. However, when you play well in front of him, he gives you a chance. And while that should be what you can say about every goalie in the league, it's not, and it's definitely not the case with every goalie on this roster. Uh, and if if they continue to play like this defensively. You know, Brian Elliott is going to have some solid games. I'm not going to say he's going to have 10 shutouts this year, but he will continue to give you a chance to win, and that's all they can ask out of their goalies right now. When you're doing plug-and-play goaltending and it's all just stop gaps until hopefully one of your six goalie prospects turns out, uh, this is the best you can hope for, and Elliott's on a nice little stretch right now. Just got to keep him healthy, got to manage him, got to play well in front of him. Can't believe I'm going to say this. Fulham can play hockey. He's really outperformed expectations. Absolutely. When they signed him in the summer, I was just like, oh, okay. Right-handed defenseman, he's going to be the number seven. Just a guy they can sit and have, uh, you know, on road trips. So they don't have to do things like call up Phil Myers not to play, which is a fine strategy if you want Myers playing. You don't want him in the press box if that's how you're going to handle it. So, But, yeah, he's absolutely outperformed pretty much pretty much everyone's expectations. Um, from a fan or analyst standpoint that I've read, seen, or talked to. They played a full game and got a shutout. They did. Uh, that was a, and that was a, I think that was, you know, the goalie gets the shutout. The goalie gets the, um, the goalie gets the credit for a, for a shutout. And, you know, a goalie has a record attached to his name. Uh, but, you know, that's a team stat. And goals against average is a team stat. Shutouts, I mean, yes, Dominic Hossett can go out and have a 92-save shutout. Uh, and that, that's freaking Dominic Hasek. But most of the time, a shutout is a team statistic, and they earned it today. I was pretty pretty happy uh, all around with the way they played. Yes, the Blackhawks are in the Jack Hughes sweepstakes still. Uh, this was best. Uh, this was the best full effort by the Flyers. Yeah, and this is doing what you're supposed to do against teams you're better than. Is is you know. I know we want to, oh, we'll look at who they've played. I think Arizona is a better team than they get credit for. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the mix at the end, at least pushing for a wild card spot or something. Um, I think they're very much improved, even if maybe they're a year away from actually being a playoff team. I could see them being in the mix at the end. Uh, and, yeah, the Blackhawks are not good. They just fired their coach last or earlier this week, whatever it was, Tuesday, I think. Um Take advantage of that. Corey Crawford played very well, especially to start. But how many times have we heard, oh, yeah, hot goalie, nothing you can do. They actually overcame it this time. They, they, they continued to press. They continued to get, uh, get, some, uh, get some chances, and they, they capitalized on a few. And then, you know, create enough chances and things like the, the own goal off Manning happen. And, you know, that's, that's what you get when you, you make your own luck when you play hard for 60 minutes. We can kill penalties well against the second-worst power play in the league. If we play them every time, our PK will be fine. Yeah, man, I know. Like, that's the four the – four, let's look at what the actual stat is now. Um, NHL.com should have it updated by now if this ever loads. Let's look at 
the three teams, they've shut out. They've had three games now this entire season, or four games now this entire season where they haven't allowed a power play goal against three teams, two teams against Vegas, uh, or two games against Vegas, one game against Columbus, and one game against uh, today against the Blackhawks. So let's see where those teams' power play ranks. Power plays rank. Oof. Getting up early does not agree with me, gang. All right, Nashville is actually the worst. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, Chicago at 13.5 is second worst. Uh, Columbus all the way up to fifth at 14.5. And And Vegas all the way up to seventh at 15.1. Wow, yeah. 0.6 better than the Flyers at 14.5. Jesus. Uh, Yeah, so at this point now, it's the three teams they've shut out in four games on the power play are are, are seventh worst or lower. So they're not exactly, uh, but you got to start somewhere. Maybe they'll have a couple games in a row now. Love the hustle for pucks and defensive stick work in the third period. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the 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 period started, eh, because I was really looking for okay, let's let's keep pressing here because this team doesn't have a lot of fight in it. Let's put them away in the third, and then Giroux takes the penalty early, and it's you're back on your heels now. But I, I thought as the period went on, they did a good job of, of course. Chicago's going to make their push and, and get a majority of the chances. That's just what happens when you're trailing 3 nothing in the third period. Um, but I thought they did a pretty decent job of, uh, of counterattacking. That's how they get one goal. Uh, of course, they get the empty netter. And I, I just thought it was a, a yeah, overall good effort today. It seems to be the consensus. is If they just – and again, yes, I know the Blackhawks are bad, but you have to start somewhere. If they just played this way every night, things would just be a lot less frustrating. You look like a Swedish chef. I'll take that. Like the dude from uh, like the dude from the Muppets. Uh, resounding difference in the effort and team energy. TK looks like he's buzzing, getting in teams' heads. I love uh, trash-talking TK is good TK. Engaged Travis Konechny is is the best. Uh, you know, love him skating, love him getting chances. Uh, he's not always going to score, but if he's da- if he looks dangerous and he's in the other, you know, he's smiling as he goes by their bench, just doing just doing little needling stuff, just being a little bit of an instigator. Just oh, I love it. I love that Travis Konechny. Hi Bill, hope you have been well. Can I get your thoughts on the recent play of Dale Weiss and Amac being a routine healthy scratch? Well, we'll start with Amac. Um, it's the beginning of, of, of the coach maybe turning a corner. As we expect our young players to develop, um, we ex- maybe there's something to the coach getting better at his job, you know, and making the decision, as simple as it seems to so many people, uh, making the decision that – like not just making the decision, but noticing, realizing, coming to the realization that there is a more effective player and I should play him over this guy who, you know, he wears an A on the road and uh, the, the locker room respects him and he's been a, he's been a mainstay for a lot of Hackstall's tenure. It's not a little thing that the coach recognizes he should play the other guy. And I get it like, oh yeah, he's playing Folan over him. It's not like he's playing Myers or Friedman or whatever. And to that, I say fair point. However, Sanheim continues to stay in the lineup, and um, that's good for him. It's good for his development. It's good for the team because he's a very good player. Oh, he's going to be a very good player. He's an effective player right now. I'd say he's going to be very good. Right now, he's effective. Um, and it's just – it just creates a sense of the, maybe these people know what they're doing. Uh, and I'm just happy to see it because, again, Folan has been pretty good. Pretty, pretty good so far. Uh, as far as Dale Weiss – this is the Dale Weiss we were promised. Um, yeah, this is the Dale Weiss we were promised when he signed two years ago. This is his third season here. Uh, Charlie made a point on Twitter the other night to say he drove play his first year. He wasn't scoring, but he was doing little things well. I don't know if I believe that or if his line mates were driving. I just he was invisible. That you know whether or not you know, he was on a line that drove play his first year. He was freaking invisible. Uh, a, a whole game would go by, and I'd be like. Dale Weiss in the lineup tonight. It's like he played 11 minutes. I didn't hear his name one time. Um, you know, 
And then last year he was actively bad. I think everyone can uh, everyone can agree on that. He was a bad player last year. Hey, man, maybe he was hurt. Maybe it was an adjustment period. Maybe he's in a role he understands now. Maybe the coaching has changed what they're telling. I don't know. All I know is Dale Weiss, who gets in on the four check and you know makes some hits, causes some turnovers in the neutral zone, helps out down low a little bit. Uh, he's a good bottom of the lineup guy. That's that's what I'm seeing out of Dale Weiss right now. He's a guy that, yeah, four years is crazy for a, a third or fourth line winger. But you know what? Um, he's not killing him right now, and that's that's good. He's actually he's act, he's not a liability. He's actually part of what he's actually part of what they're doing. It's not even like they're winning in spite of Dale Weiss. And that's the best compliment I can give a guy who, for two seasons prior, was either, eh, just a guy out there, or no, you're bad. And now he's 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 a contributor. Uh, he's no Claude Giroux, obviously, but he's doing good things out there, getting in on the forecheck, loosening up pucks for his line mates. Didn't like there was no response to the boarding on Ghost. It's just it's just the way it is, man. It's just the way. It's just not what they do anymore. Maybe Butler can coach the power uh, or the penalty kill. Hey, man, why not? Horrible start. Took 15 minutes to play. I wouldn't say 15. I'd say maybe six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes. Uh, the uh, the Blackhawks controlled the play, but I wouldn't say the Flyers were flat. I would just say the Blackhawks had the puck. And sometimes that happens. No one has the puck for 60 minutes. And the Flyers countered well, got the first goal, and really rolled from there. NAK, 459 ice time. That's just the way it is, man. He doesn't trust him, and I'm fine with it. Uh, they're winning. Um, he's a young guy who's just an injury replacement right now. I think it says something about the organizational depth if the next guy up is uh, the coach doesn't trust to play, you know, eight, nine minutes. That's an issue. But, um Overall, if this isn't the strategy when the lineup is complete, like, yes, if all of a sudden JVR and Roffle are back and we have, you know, JVR, Wheel, Simmons as a third line and let's call it Weiss, Lawton, and Roffle as a fourth line and all of a sudden the fourth line, two of the three guys in the fourth line are playing less than 10 minutes, I would say that's an issue. Uh, just because the team's going to get gassed. But as a temporary solution for for a situation where, one, it means you're – it means when one guy is getting less than five minutes, it does mean your best players are playing more, you know. Um, so there's something to be said for that, and they're winning games. Uh, as a long-term strategy, I don't believe in it. But when you're down, you know, when you have two guys in the lineup who – you know, might be coming out when some guys come. I, I understand it. And honestly, I'm not – I don't – I'm not going nuts over Nicholas Albe-Cubell's development. You know, he is what he is. Maybe he'll turn into a nice third-line player one day. I'm not – and I'm not knocking that. There's some – you need to have nice third-line players. That's that's how you win cups is with depth and guys like that. And if he lives up to his full potential, absolutely outstanding. I, I, I'm just – I can't get worked up about a guy um, who's just not – the coach doesn't see him as as an integral part of the team right now. It's just that we're, we're down a couple guys. I think he could grow into it. I think he can grow into a, a role player like a like a Michael Roffel, like Weiss is showing right now with, with way more offensive upside, obviously. But um, until then, it's just going to take some time. He's got to earn that trust, and he hasn't yet. Konechny should walk the helmet over to Manning as a parting gift. That would be absolutely hilarious. Stay gritty from Colorado. Go Flyers. What's up, Daniel? Uh, Coots breakout game. I think he's been uh, he's been up and down. I, I would, that's he's had some bad games, but I don't think the, uh, his overall effort has been poor every night. And when I say I, I don't think he's not trying out there. When I say effort, I just mean his output. I don't think his output has been poor every night, but tonight looked like the or today looked like the uh he looked like the guy again, man. He 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 just that that move, just using his body to protect the puck like that. That was Yager-esque. That was just that's how they should teach it. That's what he needs to do cuz he does have some power forward tendencies. I know he looks skinny out there and everything and all that, but he's got some power forward tendencies and that's how that's 
effort in the defensive zone, effort through the neutral zone, leading to a skilled play. That's what Sean Couturier at his best brings you, is something solid in all three zones, and it paid off today. Yeah, three points plus four, four shots on goal, three blocks. Uh, only 37% in the face-off circle. They didn't have a great day in the face-off circle today. But, you know, I'll take it. Does this team fall apart if they don't have the timely Western trip? Do you think we end up looking back on that trip as the jump start slash turning point of the season? I, I, I have no idea what happens in, in that hypothetical world where the schedule's different. Um, but they use that trip to it, to their advantage, you know? Teams can either can either come together or fold up in, in situations like that. And to their credit, they used the West Coast trip for for what it was. They came together, they they put some good hockey together, and then, you know, come home with some momentum, and that's that's all you can ask for. What's the buyout on AMAC right now? He only has next year. I just calculated it the other day, but I don't remember what the number was. It's pretty affordable, but I don't know why extend it another year, because that's the thing. If you buy him out at the end of the season um, – it's a it's another year of a cap hit, whereas you could just get through next year, um, keep him in the press box because you know the players like him, players respect him. Uh, he he is he is he is voted a captain by the players, and the coaches appreciate his input. And honestly, I'll take him as the penalty kill coach. Make him the freaking penalty kill coach for the last year of his contract. But just for fun, let's look. I don't exactly know why we're talking about Andrew McDonald's contract when he hasn't played in a few weeks, but let's give it a look. Where are you, Mac? Here we go. Yeah, this year and next year at 5 mil, buyout current contract. They do it in, yeah, so let's see. Yeah, final cap hit, it would be for 2019-20, 1.166. And for 2020-21, So it's just an extra – it's almost $2 million in the in the second year, which would be an extra year. And I get you want to save the five, but the team has the team has cap space. There's just no reason to do it when there's plenty of cap space and it expires at the end of next season. It's not like he's a problem. He's not a locker room cancer. He's not an issue. He's just a veteran hanging around. I, I, I'd rather have him, honestly, in the locker room and be like, uh, a coach in practice than just cut him loose. You know, what's the, what's the point of that? Not many teams are signing up to fight Simmer, Gudis, Haig, and Folan. Those guys can chuck them. They need to be more dominant physically, though, like they kind of were today, and then someone will step up to the play. I'm not worried. Listen, I love fighting. Again, Frank Bailo's bobblehead. He's my favorite hockey player ever. Um, it's just, I need them to make good plays. I need the Flyers to be a good team. I don't care how they do it. Fallen's handedness was evident today. There's a huge difference on, uh, on outlet passes from the half wall. That's a good point is, uh, they talk about it a lot. Uh, they talked about it. It's the necessity of another righty, um, as it relates to the penalty kill, but there is something to – it's not like Folan is the most skilled dude in the world. You know, he's not out there making Gostas Bear-type plays. Um, but just being able to have the puck under control and be confident that you can make a – that you can just make the easy play because you're in position because you're right-handed on the right side uh, is, is absolutely a um, an advantage. That's what I was trying to say there. Bill, any chance we can pay Limp Biscuit? Uh, I'm not paying Limp Biscuit to do anything. Uh, remake Roland, but replace the lyrics with Folan? No, we're not doing that. Uh, how is the AHL team for the Flyers doing? I don't know, man. Okay. Uh, papers in Toronto list Philly as one of the four teams the, Leafwoods, the Leafs would consider trading Nylander to. Uh, the Flyers are one of the teams with the ammunition. You would think 
Um, you know, with, they have the draft picks, they have the prospects, they have the borderline NHL guys, uh, they have young NHL guys too. So the Flyers have all the ammunition it would ever take to get William Nylander. Just a question of whether Ron Hextall is willing to pull the trigger and whether if, like in these situations, if you're moving the defenseman, it's maybe he would look to add another forward and then maybe you start to think about it, but it's just a question of what it's going to cost. And that's what these things always, you know, what we would want it to cost and what Toronto want it to cost, vastly different, you know? if It's, it's just a... Uh, the Flyers have the ammo to pull it off. I just don't know if they're willing. I, I would venture to guess they're not willing to. And it all comes down to price for me. Don't look now, but we are tied for first. I mean, that's in points total, not points percentage, which is what it comes down to when all the games are even. The Flyers have played more games than pretty much everyone in the division. Again, no small feat. They're putting up points and winning games. I'm very happy about it, and I'm optimistic about what this team can look like uh, as the season progresses. But the the standings watch, I do believe, needs to – like, okay, let's, now that I'm bringing it up, let's look at it. Let's take a look. Yeah, standings-wise, let's just look at the conference here, or the division. Show me the Metro. 19 points, which is tied with Columbus for the most in the division, but the Flyers have one more game played uh, than Columbus, 17-16. Uh, to 16. The Islanders have 18 points with two fewer games played. Uh, you know, Washington is 17 with two fewer games. So it's, you know, it's great to be up there, but it might not be the greatest representation given the differences in games played right now. Let's look at the point. Let's look at the point percentage by division. Uh, yeah, team, where are you, Metro? Load, load, load. Someone's going to cut that up, and it's going to be hilarious. Uh, Flyers are fourth in points percentage. So, you know, that's the wild card, you know, which is fine. But – and it'll all even out at the I, – I get it. I'm just As of right now, yes, they have the, – the total number of points is tied for first, but they're fourth in the division in, in points percentage. So it's – I just think uh, – it's just a little difference to me. Chicago was not great. Their passive PK looked like the Flyers. We should have been able to capitalize against it. Still a good win, though. Yeah, I thought uh, Giroux was shooting a little, which I love. I love when uh, – it's like what we need – it's like what the Sixers need Ben Simmons to do when everyone backs off because they know he's looking to distribute, which is an interesting strategy with Giroux considering he is looking to pass first. Um, you know, people say Simmons needs to be able to pull up and, and hit a shot. Giroux today was, was shooting when, when they backed off of him, and I think that's good. Um, I, I thought the first – what, they have three power plays today? Yeah, Flyers 0 for 3 on the power play. I thought the first two were, were pretty good. Um, it's not like they weren't generating chances, and generating chances is the only way to score. They, like, that's the difference between struggling and not scoring. I thought just in the first two they um, – they they didn't score, but I wouldn't necessarily say they were struggling. They had the puck. They were getting it where they wanted to get it to. They were creating chances, and Crawford was good. They just missed a few, you know, things like that, Couple couple deflections wide, just th stuff like that. The third one wasn't very good, and then Patrick takes the penalty to negate it. So, uh, But if I'm looking for a pot, like something that will be good moving forward, it's the um, – the five-on-five five defense, keeping continuing to keep guys to the outside and limiting limiting the high-danger chances, chances, which has been a real issue for this defense um, in all situations since, you know, since forever, basically. And um, the the move, especially Travis Konechny, I was uh, – Konechny making the simple play, making sure – 
the number one priority on the uh, on the power play was maintaining possession and maintaining the zone rather than forcing things. And yeah, I, I, again, I get it when you're on that second power play and you're Travis Konechny, you're like, I'm the best guy out here. I got to make something happen. You don't have to try to make something happen every time you uh, you have the puck with this first unit. You just kind of you, you got to make sure you make the you have to make sure the smart play is available. And if it's all they're giving you, you make it. And I saw that out of connecting today, and I think it's going to lead to, um, I think it's going to lead to some success for this first unit uh, as as things move on. One thing I'll say: as much as I love Sean Couturier, um, now that Patrick is on this unit, I'm wondering: is JVR best suited when he returns for that slot position? Because Patrick can pop behind the net and do some distributing. Uh, you know, JVR can play in the slot and get those one, you know, unleash those little uh, snapshot oneies from from Giroux and also move down lower. He can do the double screen thing. He's good at tipping pucks and he can kind of fill Patrick's position right in front when Patrick uh, takes the puck behind the net, which is a wrinkle I want to see more of. Speaking of the 90s Phantoms, were you at many of the rivalry games against Hershey? Best hockey game I was ever at uh, was a playoff game against Hershey in the Phantoms' first season. Um, uh, game, I can't remember, game three or four. I was actually looking it up in my media guide. I have media guides down here, media guide the other day. But it was at the time, I think, a record for, for penalty minutes in a game. And it was like an awesome version of the uh, – of the Flyers Senators brawl. Like if the Flyers Senators brawl was actually good fights instead of wrestling matches, um, that's what this game was like. And it was maybe Neil Little's first fight as a phantom and uh, Hershey's goalie, man, came all the way down, challenged him. <sighs> Neil Little took off his time, just like took off his helmet, took off his stuff. And it was like, Oh, what's he? He's really not all that interested in, like, getting in on this. And then all of a sudden, he just pounded the shit out of the dude. It was like a violent beatdown. <laughs> and then, you know, Neil Little went on to be, you know, the guy who jumped over the scrum. And, like, it's a great gif of, of Little in, a, I think, another brawl against Hershey. Uh, yeah, I was at a ton. Of, I had season tickets in 97, 98. I uh, was, at, was at the game when they won the Calder. I, I love those fans. Dude, how many hairstyles you got? I mean, it's just the one, but today it's up. That's all. I just... <laughs> my hair was wet and in my face. I was trying to watch the game. Holy shit, I see Charlie on Post Game Live. Oh, is he uh, in the locker room or something? Yeah, I, lo I love... It's really fun to... See. It's funny now that, like, I... Because I've been watching... Like, we all have, you know, this shit our whole lives. And I decided, like, nah, I'm just going to do this. And uh, now, like... Uh, I, I see my friends and stuff actually in there. No one, no one does a better job than Charlie. As, uh, I'll tell you that right now. I love Charlie. I love his work. Uh, nobody does a better job covering this team than Charlie O'Connor uh, for any outlet anywhere. There's plenty of guys whose work I like. There's plenty of people in, in the market who are who are good at what they do. Um, Charlie, Charlie's great. Do you think the Flyers will get Coach Q? I mean, anything's possible, but no, I don't. Was that Andy McDonald wearing a Duncan Keith jersey today? As somebody who was a big fan of Duncan Keith, uh, his especially today, man, was tough to watch. If, if you're, damn. Uh, I'm listen. I I'm a Flyers fan. So I don't really give a shit. But just like as a guy who liked to watch the good defensemen in the league, it was you know Keith was a Keith was right there with with you know the Drew Doughties of the world. And all of a sudden, it's like, oof, geez, man, what happened to you. Too much hockey, I guess. You win that many championships, you play that many games. I guess your career just ends early. <laughs> Metro division has been mediocre. We can take advantage. Hey, man, most of the, especially this early, everything's mediocre. Nobody's uh, – teams, I think guys are finally right now. Like, And I think we saw – I don't think it was all the uh, – I can't blame it all on just not really oh, – as veterans play fewer and fewer preseason games and as the preseason becomes more and more, let's just give some young kids tryouts and let's just make sure, like, let's just get a little skating in so we don't pull something on opening night. 
Uh, I think it just takes a while for guys to get into game shape. And I just like, I don't mean like physical conditioning, but that's, that's, that's a part of it as well. Um, but just like getting your hands right, getting your timing with your line mate. I think all of it just takes a little longer for everybody. And you can see it. And especially defensive timing, communication with your D partner. Um, look, look at what the goal totals have been um, this early. Uh, and, you know, they'll probably even out and drop a little. But I think it's pretty obvious that early in the year, the last few years, teams have just not been ready to play structured hockey. And um, makes for some entertaining games. I'm all for it. But, you know, I, I think it just takes some time to get going. And these Flyers are slow starters anyway. So, and that's what we saw. Charlie just hit the big time. Is he uh, – I'll figure it out later. Are we far enough along to admit that this team can score, if nothing else? David, great question. Um, I – I thought this team was going to score a ton of goals. I didn't I didn't know how many they were going to stop the other team from scoring. You know, that that was my concern. But I thought this team was going to score a ton of goals. Uh and now they're scoring a little. And that man, that top line at 5 on 5 isn't even going yet. And uh, the uh the Patrick line's cooled off a little. I I'm very much looking forward to seeing and I I get it, you know, you're only going to play a handful of games when you have when you have all 18 guys who are you know the 18 you penciled in on opening night to be you know this is our lineup um injuries happen guys you know have ups and downs whatever but this team i think can score a ton of goals yes so i i i agree with that sentiment there david As long as the Flyers win, there's no reason to put AMAC back in the lineup. Uh, the true test is when the Flyers lose. Hackstall always changes the lineup after a loss. I, man, Hackstall, I think there was something too. Like he was very regimented in his, okay, got to change it up after a loss, got to keep it together after a win. But I feel like he's gotten away from that both ways uh, this year. Like he's he's made a few he's he's had a couple games following wins where he's made changes and I don't think he's as inclined if he liked everything but the final score. Uh, but at the end of the day, he does make goal based results. Even though if all your processes were right, but on this one given night, couple bounces didn't go your way and you lost, but everything else, you know, if you were just watch tape of the game and see everything but the final score, you go, oh, okay, yeah, good. Uh, and he'd make you know I. I'm lost in this sentence, but I think you guys know what I'm trying to say. I think he's gotten less regimented in that and more, um, hey, we lost, but most things went well, so we're going to keep it together. I think he's got a chance to maybe do some of that. But as long as they're winning, why change anything? I look like a Swedish... Hockey and soccer player Abramovich, I'll have to take your word for it. Uh, Bill, do you think Hack is going to ride Elliott into the ground like he did last year? Yet another test for my Hackstall clean slate. If you follow me on Twitter yesterday, I kind of wiped the slate clean from Hackstall after Thursday's game and said, these, this is what I like, uh, this is what I liked, what I saw, and I think if he continues these things, he can, he can uh, you know, turn the proverbial corner as we expect, uh, you know, young players to, a, a, you know, inexperienced head coach he's in his he's only in his fourth season now uh like granted yes he's he's one of the longer tenured coaches in the league but this is his first job this is his first stop he doesn't have the experience of a lot of other guys and you know every coach ever would tell you that they're better now than when they started so that maybe he's able to figure some things out and improve uh but that is one of the big tests is how he handles the goalies and he can't ride one goalie man because as soon as he rides one goalie, they're going to be down two. That's because they're going to lose one, and then they'll ride the next one, and he'll be hurt. And that's ex you, he. It's going to be a balancing act, and it might all go. He might do everything uh, what you would call perfectly, and it could still all go wrong and have four goalies hurt by December. But it's going to be. It's a test for him to see how he handles the goalies, and it's it's not an easy one because I. Oof, you know, you know what's you know what's going on there.
do you think Hack will bench uh, Latera when JVR is back? Uh, I mean, when JVR is back, when JVR is back, Albay Bell is going back down to the AHL. Uh, that's the first move. It's about when JVR and Raffle are both back, what they do at the fourth line. Right now, I want to see Weeslaw and Raffle as the fourth line when all things are uh, when all things are back to normal. That's going to be another test to see how he see how he optimizes this lineup. Uh, I think he's been doing a pretty good job lately, but he only has so many options. He's got a ton of guys hurt, and yes, sitting Andrew McDonald is a big deal, and I commend him for it. I honestly do. However. Once he's got some of his toys back, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, when JVR comes back, the first move is Albay Q Bell back to the minors. And then, um, you know, it's about Raffle and then how they handle that situation. Do you see Lawton staying and part of the young core? I mean, he's in his prime right now. He's not yet 25. Um, when, when does he turn 25? I yeah I mean Lawton is he's going to be a cheap option to be a good bottom six forward for you for the foreseeable future. So I can't really see a situation uh, where they move on from Scott Lawton. And just out of curiosity, this is service time's a little screwy. I'm not sure what his situation is, uh, but I yeah I, there's no real reason at all to move away from to move away from Scott Lawton. I mean he's uh, let's see. He turns twenty. He doesn't turn twenty-five till May thirtieth, uh, and he's a restricted free agent. Yes, he's arbitration eligible, but I mean, it's not like he's done enough to this point in his career to com- to command a huge payday. Even if he has a very strong, you know, rest of the season, what is his, you know, market value going to be? He's always going to be a nice, cheap option uh, to have in your bottom six. There's really no reason at all to move on from him unless you just all of a sudden bring up like seven prospects and they're all better than him, which is unlikely for a number of reasons. Do you think Lappy is coaching Chicago's penalty kill? I saw a lot of similarities. Man, they they do like the ops and I. I almost if, – if that's – I don't know if that's – I haven't t- watched a ton of Chicago. Um, they suck, so I assume that might be what they do every night. Um, but it's – I understand the strategy of playing Giroux that way, um, especially a few years ago. Just kind of, okay, we're just going to – we have four guys. We're going to take away your four outlets, and you're going to stand here puck handling and just kind of not knowing what to do with yourself. Um He's shown much more willing. He's always, you know, on the cross icers from 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 Voracek or whatever. Had the had the one timer. I think he's showing much more desire, inclination to shoot the puck lately, and that's what I think. I that's what I liked about how he attacked that. Uh, how he attacked that penalty kill today. They sag off him, give him room, and he just goes, "Okay, I'm just not going to distribute. I'm going to shoot." Uh, I've always thought the only way to to stop Claude Giroux. Um, if you're killing a penalty against him, is just be on top of him. I would force the other four flyers to not – I would just literally get my best defenseman and park him on top of Claude Giroux. He would never be more than a stick's length away and say, now we're going to play three on four and we're going to force your four other guys to make something happen. We're not going to let you beat us with Giroux. That's exactly what I would do to G. Um, you know, Chicago had success today. But I think it was more of a function of Crawford making some big saves, some near misses, and then, you know, the Patrick penalty wiping out the third power play. So, uh, yeah, it was stupid, stupid strategy today. But I do think there's something to it if you're like a good defensive team, which Chicago is. It's not how I would do it, at least. Uh, Giroux and Konechny trying to force the puck on two-on-ones. Uh, would have liked to see some shots. Yeah, those two just don't seem to have the um... – Listen, this team passes the puck to, you know, that's what they do. This team passes the puck. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I would say overall, they've been much better at least about ma- at least making sure to get a shot on rushes this year. And lo and behold, they're better on rushes this year than they've been. Um, but there just seems to be like a like a, a millimeter, a half a second, you know, the smallest the smallest amount of uh timing or chemistry or whatever off between Drew and Konechny. As soon as they get that going, um, 
I think both of them are – Konechny's going to be off to a monster season once once him and Drew really start to hook up. Hey, Bill, do you expect to see JVR this coming week? And any update on Raffle? Haven't heard anything on Raffle. Um, maybe I can text Charlie and find something out before the show ends. But uh, JVR, seven to ten days is what I'm hearing. So very well could be uh, some point this week we see JVR. Hey, Bill, when do you think Sam Moran gets a shot with the big club? Uh, when healthy – oh, okay. Hey, Bill, when healthy, do you think Sam Moran gets a shot with the big club? I do. Um, you know, this team's going to have defensive injuries at some point, first of all. Uh, and he's going to be he's gonna be activated. You know, he'll get his conditioning stint down in the AHL, and then he'll probably be up here on the big roster after the trade deadline. And um, I, I, I think he's going to get a shot. How much of a shot, I don't know. Uh, but I would love nothing more than to see him banging bodies out there, breaking up entries, stapling people to the glass, maybe drop the gloves a time or two. No, I would love to see Sam Moran finally get a shot. And he's um, – yeah, it's been a long time coming. He, he brings an element that I think would be, that I think would be uh, necessary to this blue line, the issues. He's left-handed. Already have four left-handed defensemen, and uh, four left-handed defensemen in the lineup every day, and one in the press box in Andrew McDonald. So we'll see if the handedness thing works against him. It may, it may not. Uh, you know, depends on how other guys are playing too. You can only dress so many guys. You know, you get eighteen skaters. So I do expect him to get a shot at some point when healthy. Uh, and a lot of that, and then after that, a lot of it'll be up to him. You know, if he earns another game, he'll get another game. I, but I'm very, I would, I can't, I want to see Sam Moran up here so bad. Samuel Moran. I'm sorry. There is no Sam in French, apparently. His name is Samuel. Um, just something, something I read. Folin stole a Max job. I wouldn't say he stole it. I would say he earned it. Did you see Minnesota the other night? Two beautiful behind-the-goal assists. Hey, man, it's where you generate offense from. Goalies are so big. Goalies are so athletic. Goalies are so fast now. You got to get them looking over their shoulder. It's the only way. Get them guessing which side the puck's going to come out on. Make them move and change their eye level. Uh, it's, it's the only way. Bill, do you think Frank Bialois died when they tore down Clancy's? <laughs> What's up, Bri? Uh, a little part of me died knowing I would never get that chicken pot pie again. Um, but, goddamn, Clancy's. Uh, no rope-a-dope in the third. Nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. Again, uh, it was a little choppy to start just because they had to kill penalties. Drew, you know, with the stick lift gone wrong. There was, I think, another um, – was that Patrick's? Another yeah, that was the other penalty in the third, I believe, was Nolan. Um, like two good ideas to like have that back check, like that reach back stick lift that has worked, especially for Nolan Patrick, so much uh, to this point. But um, that it's the risk you take when you reach is to get the gloves up in there. But other than that, uh, yeah, it wasn't sure Chicago's going to carry play for for portions of the third because they're trailing two three nothing. Uh, you know, coming into the period, and then as the period moves on, that's just what happens. But to not sit back and to actually counterattack and to take advantage, and then to get in on the forecheck when you have the opportunity, those are important things to do when you're when you have a lead. You can't just sag back and hope hope to block shots for 20 minutes. You know. Nylander is a me player. He can go elsewhere. He's really not. He's just trying to get paid. That's all. He's just a guy trying to get paid like everyone else does at their job. You know, the team doesn't want to pay him what he thinks he's worth. And this is the system in the NHL. You don't get to leave uh, unless someone, you know, presents an offer sheet. So he's going to sit until he thinks he gets what he's worth. That's, hey, man, I, I wish everyone had that power. I wish everyone had the power of, of labor that, you know, professional athletes do. Is it wrong of me to not get excited until we play Tampa Bay later this month? I mean, if that's how you want to go about it, 
Um, but this is a league of parity. All the games are important. The points are the points. You know, you need the points because it's a race. It's a race to get the most possible points through 82 games. And, I, you know, if you want to not care about what's going on until they play a team you deem worthy of caring about, that's fine. It's just, I don't know, it seems like a boring way to approach the season where three-quarters of the games don't matter because you just don't see what, you know. Yes, Tampa Bay is a cup contender. They've played some good teams on this stretch. I, you know, uh, they taking San Jose to overtime. Yeah, San Jose outplayed the Flyers to a high level. Um, but to get a point in a game where you probably didn't deserve it is an accomplish. I don't want to say accomplishment. It's it's good to be able to get a point out of that game. To, to be able to, okay, that's one, of our, that's one of our worst efforts of late, and we were able to get one. So if we just play well, we can get two, and we can compete with everybody. You know, if we get a one point out of a game we played like shit in, we just got to be able, okay, boom, yes, we can compete with anybody. Um, but, yeah, listen, no, and I think Arizona, coming into the two games against the Flyers, Arizona had won five in a row. And they're out shooting, out chancing everybody. They're a little bit of bad luck to start the year, but Arizona is a much improved team. I think I think people are really underrating what Arizona is. But yes, Flyers haven't been playing anyone great. Got to beat the teams in front of you. And before this stretch, the Flyers looked like a shitty team. That like so like the bar. Oh yeah, well we want to we want to beat a good team. I understand, but you have to first climb out of the cellar and not look like a shit team. And that's uh, – they've done that at least. The teams we've beaten recently aren't setting the world on fire. I mean, okay, but if you want to talk about te- – like, look at the standings, man. Let's – like, not setting the world on fire. The Islanders are in third place in the division. Do you think the Islanders are a very good team? Like, all right, they're 8-5-2, and two, so they must be good. Like, no, they're not. The Islanders aren't good. And by the end of the year, they will have proven that. Columbus is a decent enough team. They're not going to win this division. Uh, like, yeah, Montreal's got 19 points. This... Ottawa has more points than Florida. Like, it's there's really it's a league of parity. You got to beat the teams in front of you. That's all that matters. Isn't Toronto pushing all their cards in? Why would they trade Nylander? Because he hasn't signed. Because he's sitting there. And they... Toronto is in a situation where they can afford everybody. But it is going to be tight. And if one guy is like, yeah, no, I'm not taking a hometown discount because like, I don't get that money back on the back end. Like, There's no... <laughs> this is my career. I get paid what I think I'm worth. You know, there's there's no reward for taking less when your career is over. Um, and there's no guarantee you win a cup while you're playing just because you took a discount. Um, so if he just – if they just hold steady and don't want to uh, – don't want to pay him what he wants, he's going to sit until they trade him. What do you think TK is missing to take his game to the next level? Uh, the speed and skill are there. It seems his finish is lacking and his turnovers are a bit much. He makes some interesting decisions slash ridiculous turnovers, especially like between his defensive blue line and the dots, which is really where you don't want to make them at all. Uh, but I don't think anything's necessarily missing from Konechny. He's just an incomplete player because that's what 22-year-olds are. Like, guys are in their prime. Most players, yes, there's Connor McDavid's, who are prodigies and the best player in the world at 20. But for the most part, you know, guys are in their prime 24 to 28. And that's, I think, that more than anything is what's missing from Travis Konechny's game is he's just not quite there yet. That said, he's been playing very well, and he's – produced some points lately. So I, I have very few complaints about Travis Konechny. Needs to clean up a few things. I, I, everyone could. Everyone in the league has a few things they could clean up. Uh, you know, but I, I just think it's development. He's just going to get better with, with time and experience. 
Haig showing some fire to protect Elliott before the whistles. Uh, for me, it sums up the change in the team over the past few weeks. Hope it continues. Yeah, Haig is um, – I don't know. It's not the kind of player I expected. Uh, he, from everything you heard, he wasn't aggressive. He was a little laxed or whatever whatever words they wanted to use. He They weren't sure how um, – you know, locked in of a guy he was uh, when he first when he first came over and was playing in the AHL to start. But um, he's one of the guys who's always in it. He he doesn't mind taking a shot at anybody. He'll throw that little extra cross check. You know, he'll give you a face wash. I, I I love that Haig is one of the thing. The thing I will never complain about is Haig's compete level. And um, except for the Columbus game, which was oh my god. I might never get that Columbus game out of my mind. Like, Haig could go on to have a Hall of Fame career, and I'll remember that freaking Columbus game for the rest of my life. Um, Bill, what type of package can the Flyers offer for Nylander? I mean, it, it, it starts with – it depends. I don't know what they're looking for. Conventional wisdom would be they're looking at a defenseman, so you go – He's going to ask for Provorov or Ghost, and, you know, best-case scenario, we give up Sanheim, and it's going to take more than that because Nylander has two 60-point seasons under his career, and Sanheim's just now starting to show his his potential. Um, So, conventional wisdom is they'd want a defenseman, but when you move a top-six forward and you're a team that wants to score a ton of goals like Toronto does – would they want another forward? And, like, who? Like, would they want an NHL guy? Would they want someone cheap and controllable who isn't here yet because they have such a cap issue? It's a lot of a lot of variables. But um, best-case scenario, like, Sanheim plus, you know? Oh, Charlie was doing – oh, okay. He was asking, he was asking questions in the postgame. I get it. Okay. Oh, man, we're over an hour, huh? If Gritty was a wrestler, who would the better manager for him? Uh, who would be the better manager for him? Uh, Mouth of the South or Bobby the Brain? Uh, you don't need the um, you don't need over the top Jimmy Hart uh, with with Gritty because he is over the top. You know, it's it's that that would be overkill. Uh, you need the cerebral business like, and obviously, you know, with the weasel stuff, Heenan can be over the top, but. Heenan's more the cerebral business guy, is you know fixing his coat and telling you what he thinks in a in a, in a normal voice, uh, not shouting into a megaphone. So I think it would be Bobby Heenan would be best for uh, would be best for Gritty. As far as I'm aware, Bernie Perron is still alive. Yes. Oh, okay. You're probably responding to the Coach Q questions then. Um, Feels like an episode of the Twilight Zone when Bill wants Weiss in the lineup. Listen, man, I, t- I I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong and admitting when it's time to change my opinion because I like to as over the top as I can be, and I know I have some fun with the hot takes and everything, and I, I assume you guys enjoy it. Like it's sports, man. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be ridiculous. It's grown men playing games. Like come on, uh, but I. I like to believe that when presented with the proper evidence, I can be convinced of anything. You know, I have a pretty open mind. Listen, I I I went so far as to say I have a personal problem with Dale Weiss because he did so little on the ice. Um, that is no longer the case. He looks like he's a good player. Could he turn back into invisible Dale Weiss tomorrow and stay that way until he retires at thirty-five? Pfft, sure, absolutely. Um, but as of right now, he looks like an effective bottom six forward, and you need those. I don't really want to move any of our D-men. It's not ideal, but at a certain point, if you want to make an upgrade, you have to move somebody, and it might be one of those guys. I don't like it either because I'm attached to Travis Sanheim. You know, it's he's Ron Hextall's first draft pick. He was first round pick in 2014. I've wanted to see this guy develop. I've wanted to see this guy reach his potential since they drafted him. And so seeing him do that elsewhere would be a bummer. But you just gotta 
some of the parts, man. It's got to make the team better. I, I'm not saying it would. I'm just – I don't know what the deal would be. I'm not talking about Nylander specifically. I'm just saying at a certain point, if you're looking to make an upgrade and you don't want to do it through free agency, you got to make a trade, and you got to give something up to get something. I'm going to the game Tuesday. Can't wait. That's awesome, Christine, because how long has it been since people were saying can't wait to go to the game? Uh, yeah, all right, guys. We're up over an hour now. Oh, no, wait. Hello, Bill from Humboldt, Saskatchewan. Flyers are rolling now. They certainly are, Daryl. What's up, Saskatchewan? Uh, yeah, all right. That is all the time I have for you tonight. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, as always. Uh, I love doing these. It seems like people really seem to enjoy them. I love getting to, like, remembering uh, all the people. Like, now we, it's pretty, we a pretty tight group in here now, I'd say. It's a lot of the same people every game, and I like that a lot. It means you must really enjoy uh, at least part of what I'm doing, even if it's just talking amongst yourselves and I'm background noise. I, I dig it either way. So thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Remember, subscribe to our podcast where you get these shows and uh, you know our sh- uh, the Monday flagship show, BSH Radio. You get Fly Perbly. You get all the checking out the competitions, sounds from the locker room, all sorts of stuff on our podcast feed. You can subscribe to it broad. Broad Street Hockey. Uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, um, Spotify, all that stuff. So check us out there. That's it. Have a great weekend, everybody. My name's Bill Matz. That was backwards. My name's Bill Matz. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, Seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.